Greetings, my fellow freedom lovers and sovereign thinkers. Thank you for tuning to LL3 Podcast. My name is Craig, transmitting from the beautiful realms of planet Earth. Today's date is Sunday, August 20th, 2023. This is episode 1680. Understand the parasitic cooperation and wake up. Before I proceed, you can follow me on multiple social media sites and podcast channels. Just type in Loki Luck number three, Loki Luck Roman number three, three eyes, or the Loki Luck Roman number three podcast. In addition, if you want to send me information, comments, recommendations, suggestions, comments, I know I repeat that twice, sorry, criticism, whatever, please use decorum. Reach me at Loki Luck number zero three at protomail.com if you want to. Donate go to paypal.me or cash.app forward slash Loki Luck number three. Well, 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 what can we say? Yeah, I know I haven't done a show in a week. And it's, uh, I was like itching to do something, but um, just trying to find out what I was going to do. It's got a lot of other things happening right now, but it's all well and good. Yes, talking about Muawi, Maui. What they call Maui, but Maui, what happened in what was it, Latia? Latia, yes, it's um very chilling indeed. What's going on over there? And I was listening to an interview with Jason Jones. He's on Alex Jones, by the way, on Infowars.com, and he's doing a donation for Hope for Hawaii. And it's very important, and it's right now, it's just very disturbing. On what has occurred in that part of the area. Police were blocking people to get in and get out, saying they're following orders. People, folks from other parts of the island were actually shipping in food and comforting the victims. Right now, they say like 1,200 people are missing in action. So it's, not, it's very. Disturbing, and to be honest, is nothing new. I am convinced it is a socially engineered event. They didn't even turn off turn off the power. They had the fight. The um, water was shut off when they were fighting the fires. Some people may claim it was direct energy weapons. Well, based on what I've read so far, I don't really see that. With all due respect, however. We could all say it was sheer negligence, whether it's blatant or not. Josh Green and many of these cronies should be charged for treason for declaring doing an act of war on its people, whether it's the state or federal constitution. Yes, they committed treason, in my honest opinion. I was learning more from from folks that were out there from videos. Thanks, thanks to citizen journalists. These people are amazing. I, I love what they do because the facts are honest face, prima facie, just cause. And I hear some stuff that really gets me the most. Yes, it is, uh, like I said, a socially engineered event. It reminds me of the time when... Um, Hurricane Andrew went through. They only say like a handful of people died, but many were missing. But they were finding bodies everywhere, like maybe halfway um, away from the that uh, the aftermath. 
That's why I always have to say how accurate is the narrative. And um, one thing I will, I'm doing right here is sharing some information. I will put this link on my episode page to donate to the, to the Hope for Hawaii Fund. And it's a VPP called the Vulnerable People Project, which Jason Jones has been doing. And he's, I give him a lot of props and respect for what he's done. And it's called the Project of the Human Rights Education Organization, or HERO, for, for short, Inc. It's already on the ground in Maui. Which you know, that's how they pronounce it over there. We need our emer- we need your emergency support to help us meet basic needs of survivors as they search for the missing family members, tax deductible gifts. They give you all that. They were trying to they're trying to reach the critical of eighteen thousand five hundred dollars. I will post this on here. I might do give them a donation myself as soon as possible. But it is, it is important to um, know these. It's important to um, actually uh, support these individuals. Or you can do it by mail, too, which is called the Vulnerable People Project, Care of Hero, Inc., 177A, Packerland Drive, Green Bay, Wisconsin, 54303. I'll do it one more time. The Vulnerable People Project, Care of Hero Inc. 177A Packerland Drive, Green Bay, Wisconsin 54303. It's all non for profit under 501c3. All donations are 100% tax deductible. And of course, uh, payment processing being provided by Cornerstone Payment Systems, a Christian-owned and operation merchant processor. And I know there's other sites out there that are um, that are doing the same thing, but always be vigilant because you got opportunists out there too that want to take advantage. However, based on this gentleman, Jason Jones, he is a native. Hawaiian, so uh, so that's why I'm give him a you know a punch uh, a shout out to him on this, just to let people know yeah this is essential to, to show support and crooked Joe Biden Bushite Biden or white privilege Bible whatever the hell you want to call that globalist cuck and grateful parasite that he is yes I will say that about Joe Biden. The resident in chief or white privileged resident in chief don't give a damn what's going on over there. They want to send money to other places. And I know they're trying to send more money to Ukraine. Who's benefiting? Not the people in that in that in that region at all. None whatsoever. Even the Russian people are hurting too. When it comes to these wars, they're the ones who get shafted the most, suffers dearly. But definitely donate to the Hope for Hawaii Fund. I find this very admirable. And um, so I'll do my thing. I've got to do my part too, right? Take the initiative. You got to say. Don't just say, just do. Well, all right. Next one here is um, JPFO, Juice for the Preservation Farms Ownership. They're actually, um, if I'm correct, remember, um, the Second Amendment Foundation now has control of it. 
And I'm in the JPFO members and supporters are a real bit disturbed. However, they need need your support. JPFO emergency, please help. You're right to keep and bear arms under attack by the Biden administration and various other oath-breaking politicians across the U.S. And while these bought and paid for career politicians plot destruction of your natural rights protected under the Second Amendment, JPFO is sounding the alarm for every good citizen to hear. We are dedicated to defending your right to firearm ownership and bringing you the details of the relevant legal and political ongoing ons, and we will continue to defend your rights as long as we are able. But fighting for liberty is an uphill battle, and those who fight for it are few and far between. Being one of the remaining active organizations in the struggle, JPFO is at the forefront in this war. We thank to our dedicated staff, volunteers, and contributors like you. Like any organization, we incur costs in the process of, our, of fulfilling our mission to preserve the liberty and bring you quality content. Summer months are especially tough for us in financial terms. In July, has left us about $5,000 in the red, and August isn't looking good. We're asking for help, dear supporter, in catching up. We know the Biden economy is terrible right now and understand that everyone is struggling. But if you value what we do and can help us stay in the fight, we greatly appreciate any contribution can make you can make. There's a website on uh, support support JPFO. James Jones is a project director and senator editor for the JPFO, and you can give him a call too at 800-869-1884, or you can write to him at one twenty five. Zero zero Northeast Tenth Place, Bellevue, Washington nine eight zero zero five. I'll go to jpfo.org for more information. I will do. I will leave this link on here on my footnotes as well, so you folks can know what's going on. And I know since the late great Aaron Zellman passed, it wasn't the same, and it's very disheartening because um. One thing about Juice for Preservation Farms Ownership during that time, it was an educational website. So, and I know some of the diehard members and supporters were disturbed about this whole thing. The Second Amendment Foundation controlling it now. Because in Aaron Zellman's opinion, they're not more than an opportunist entity. However, in good faith, I can say they're trying to keep his legacy going, especially keeping the archives of the, of the stuff, which is good. I always appreciate that. So support these people. Support our natural rights, wherever you're at, federal, state, or local. And another thing, too, we have to always look at the anti-commandeering doctrine. There was a time, even with uh, with a Actually, Governor uh, Governor Prinsker and his sidekick Attorney General went to the state Supreme Court on this matter, and they still and they favored them by a decision of four to three, which totally contradicts Illinois' um, Constitution. I think it's called the Bill of Rights or Declaration of Rights. I could be uh, one of those areas, Article One to be exact, because it's an illegal contract, and even like ninety counties. Whether they're sheriffs, state attorneys, councils, commissioners, all tell them where to go. They're comp- they're wigging out. Okay, so 
We can still give them the big middle finger, even to the courts. The ones that are for it, you need to call those parasites out too for being a bunch of treasonous douchebags that they are. Not that, not that simple. Just give these people, ridicule them. They get what they deserve. We all know one thing. Not everyone in Illinois think like Chicago. All right? There's some good folks out there. They're getting shafted too. Even with this Club of Rome platform of having illegal aliens coming in. Not, you know, not being not being documented or anything like that. But that's okay. If, you, if, you, if you're against them, you're a racist. Shoot. Give me a break, folks. I don't care if they're wilding than me with the same last name. And it's funny because I mean, there's one woman. I think her name is uh, Chen, Miss Chen. She's running for Congress in California. She called me a racist on Getter because I had I talked about the views of Vivek Ramaswamy may not be eligible to be president of the United States. And on the one thing for sure, she never listened to the show. People heard it. They understand where I'm coming from. If it's, that's the case, he can't be president. It doesn't mean he has bad ideas. doesn't mean he's an idiot. He's just putting that message out. And that's the same thing with Dr. Shiva, who's running independent. He admitted he's from India. He can't run for president. But I know he's putting the message out. I think that's why he's trying to use the presidential candidate platform to put the word out. So this is how, this is how it is. It's just in our U.S. Constitution and the law of nations. It's not that hard. Like I said, I don't care if they're wider than me with the same last name. But it's very intriguing indeed. And, uh, and I was like going through here on the censored news. I, was, I read the article pertaining to um, Enrique Torrio. Looks like the DOJ wants to give him like 30 years in prison if convicted. For not being there. <laughs> Talk about in the name of the war on terror. The Bushite tradition continues. Man. And it looks like here and reclaim the net. X, which is formerly Twitter, is hiring staff to combat election disinformation. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So a lot of big insanities going on as usual. Expecting which country consumes the most oil? Yeah, it's the United States. Hey, we can make, we can do all the drilling and still be self-contained. Get rid of all this garbage inflation and bogus Federal Reserve notes. Yes, and we know as well. A couple of days from now, BRICS will have to have this big meeting in Johannesburg, South Africa, and using the their crypto currency backed up by grams of gold and like man the nations may be working with them that's the case the federal reserve note the illegal u.s dollar i call it can go hell in the handbasket and things may just skyrocket any question to study the history happened in zimbabwe venezuela Weimar republic of germany argentina etc Fiat currency is illegal. Period. Need to go back to the gold and silver um, sound money. 
Plus, people want to use cryptocurrency. There's some good stuff out there. I'm looking into it as well. Never leave all your financial eggs in one basket. And, of course, here, Argentina's presidential candidate vows to shut down Central Bank. That's um, Great Game India. Well, like I said, my friends, you got to be vigilant. There's a lot of bigotry and so forth. Yeah, and Kid Rock, the claim that Kid Rock got caught drinking Bud Light. Everyone's pissed about, pissed off with him about it. Pissed, pissed off him about that. And you know what? I was never a big fan of Anheuser-Busch in general. It doesn't really fascinates me. Ah, here, here you go. Oh, check this out. From 1%, 100% fed up. Starbucks order to pay additional $2.7 million to a woman who was fired for being white. <laughs> if I'm correct, that is a, um, for the other $24 million she had, or $24, $25 million she had. And um, how did this happen in Philadelphia? Well, this is very cool. So, um, hey, she's going through protocol and they want to crucify her. Of course, all those synthetic movements are saying, oh, yeah, white privileged people. And, of course, Starbucks got a little bit flaky. Well, Starbucks sucks anyway. But that's great. New Jersey federal judge ordered Starbucks to pay a former employee who was awarded $25.6 million in wrongful termination suit an extra $2.7 million. This is from ABC News. <laughs> I think this is great. I'm loving every minute of it. So uh, good for her. Good for her. And of course, here, Phillips claimed to hold water. The firing with a knee-jerk reaction was got up by attempted by Starbucks to respond to a racial crisis. But the whole thing is based on the information I read. She was going through following protocol. She got fired for doing her job. Wow. Well, enough of me ranting. I'm going to be talking on this first segment. So stay tuned. I'm back. So first thing I'm going to be reading here came out a couple days ago. Before I start, I have to wish Congressman Ron Paul happy birthday. Turned 88. Freedom lover, sovereign thinker. It's awesome. They're still um, doing the Liberty Report. That's the only presidential candidate I really rally for of all the people out there. Ain't that amazing? <laughs> Always support individuals of principle, not partisan politics. Well, all right, enough of that. This one here came from alt-market.us. And that reads here, understand the parasitic cooperation between globalists and leftists. Came out a couple days ago. Brandon Smith. Reads here, I have to admit that in my efforts to analyze and dissect far left globalist ideologies and agendas, I have come to a point where I'm just as fascinated as I am horrified. Consider for a moment the progressive intersectional narrative, which we often refer to us as woke. It is not an activist movement because they already have equal rights under the law. It's partially a political movement, but their goals go far beyond putting candidates in government. A large part of the government is already on their side. They claim to stand against capitalism and corporate power, yet their movement is primarily funded by the very money elites they say they despise. 
Yes, we have seen that before, folks. Read about it. Seen documentary, documentaries and all that. A couple of good books to check out. Um, about Wall Street. Wall Street and the Communist Revolution and the Third Reich. I think that's the titles for them because um, big, big banks are involved in that as well. So I will continue. No, this movement is something different. It's a system of blind belief and an invasion of a cult that worships itself, that worships power and seeks to undermine the truth whenever possible as a mean to an end. We are witnessing history in the making, the birth of a monstrous religion of moral relativism. To understand the political left and their tactics, you have to understand their relationship with the globalists. Woke groups are a creation of the corporate globalist regime. For decades, think tanks like the Ford Foundation and the Rockefeller Foundation have been grooming universities to produce a steady supply of cult members, all of them indoctrinated into a carefully crafted narrative that clings to socialism and uses victim status as a currency. They abhor meritocracy and have delusions of equity. They demand a, a possible utopia that guarantees equal outcomes. They see, they see self-sufficiency as criminality, an attempt to escape from collective oversight, and they are more than willing to rationalize dishonesty, disinformation, deconstruction, chaos, and murder as a means to get what they want. In other words, they will cater to the weak and the pathetic and punish the productive, right? As I've noticed in the past, it is difficult to combat a move, movement with no morals and no shame. If your purpose is to convince them to stop what they're doing using logic, data, common sense, and appeals to conscience, you will fail. They don't care about any of these things. The leftist obsession with power is absolute. It is all they talk about. It's the root of every one of their arguments. That said, their concept of power is rather limited and childish. For the woke power is in cancel culture. The power is in the mob. Power is in displays of collective destruct destruction and control. They ask themselves, what can we take from others and how can we instill fear? They believe the more they can take, the more power they have. Give me respect right now. I'm going to destroy you. Have someone else do it for me. Pretty glamtastic, right? Globalists views power in a similar matter to leftists, but they expand on the manifesto with the question, how can we convince others to give us control willingly? Woke useful idiocy power as something that must be stolen through intimidation or force. Globalists sees powers, power as something that is handed to them by useful idiots in order to get that power. Globalists spend the vast majority of their energy and wealth of the, on the manufacturing of consent. It is not enough to control the population. You have to make them that your olig oligarchy is their idea. That way they never try to fight back. While woke activists are running around like monkeys with matches trying to burn down the world, globalists are looking at the activists and saying, 
How can I make those monkeys burn down the thing I want them to burn down? Manufacturing consent from half of the population, a nation, requires a massive disinfo apparatus. I doubt that most leftists even realize their entire philosophy was funded and fabricated by corporate interests. And if you educate them on the fact, they are still now alive with the same ultra-rich corporate vampires that they, they say they hate. You'll soon discover they don't mind. They'll happily embrace the devil's contract because they see it as a means of winning. In this political, leftists and the globalists are indelibly intertwined. This is why I don't take arguments over the false left-right paradigm very seriously anymore. Sure, there are still neocons in the Republican Party that claim to be conservative when they are actually globalists and leftists. That's not the point. The point is, millions upon millions of regular people on the left have willfully chosen to side with the globalists and have specifically targeted conservatives and patriot culture for destruction. They are the enemy, just as much as the globalists are the enemy. Without the leftist mob, the globalists have no power. It's time to accept this reality instead of falling back on the same old lazy arguments. Both sides are the problem. No, only one side. Only one side is a problem. They have always been the problem regardless of the political mask they wear. If you look at the pyramid from the bottom, there is no such thing as the left-right paradigm, false left-right paradigm anymore. There is a very real left-right paradigm. The division is a fact of life. The lines have been drawn by the establishment. Either you're with them or against them. There is no in-between. In the film, Cabinet of Dr. Sorry about that. Caligari. An elite member of society turns a man into a monster through hypnosis, sending him to stalk the countryside to kill people the elite wants out of his way. The globalists have also used mesmerism, excuse me, to summon their own leftist monster whenever they want to take need some dirty work done. Like Manchurian candidates and pawns and all that good stuff. Operatives. There are these are two key pillars that they want leftists to tear down. People's perception of freedom and people's perception of objective fact. For example, look at the old recent COVID crisis and the draconian response that the majority of leftists supported. Also look at the his, at the historical climate change narratives and calls for the carbon restrictions that would inviolably led to mass depopulation once again largely supported by the political left. Both agendas rely on the notion of an essential threat that requires people to sacrifice their freedoms on a micro level. Yet COVID mandates suggest that we need to save the population from death while climate change mandates suggest that we need to kill most of the population to protect the environment. It also doesn't make sense unless you understand that diminishing freedom is the ultimate point. COVID was never about saving lives and climate controls have nothing to do with saving the planet. As for the perception of objective fact, only one need only look at the transgender movement to see that the very foundations of truth are under siege. If biology is subjective, if identity 
is subjective if the genetic details we use to define and categorize our species are social constructs instead of facts then almost any truth could be targeted i believe this is an attempt to make biological truth a matter of prerogative is done with the intent of making moral truth mutable if civilization is convinced to accept surgical and chemical mutation mutilation and sterilization of our youth if we can be convinced to accept the sexual sexualization of children from an early age, then we can be easily convinced to accept just about anything else. Pedophilia, slavery, murder, all in the name of hedonism, posing as freedom. By extension, the adamant, uh, oh, abandonment of universal truths are invariably lead to the rebuke of freedom itself. What is freedom really? It is a legitimate concern for the future. We live in a society after all, and according to the leftists, everything we need, we do, affects everyone else. Therefore, freedom can be dangerous. It might be, it might hurt or upset others. It might ruin the planet, but get rid of it entirely for the good of the collective. It is an eternal dichotomy without truth. There can be no freedom. Without truth, there can be no truth. On the dark side of the coin is the globalist leftist dichotomy. Without the globalist, there is no leftist mob. Without the leftist mob, the globalist will be erased. The globalists are seeking subjective, subjugate, excuse me, seeking to subjugate the world. And to do that, they need to undermine the basic tenets of human interaction and understanding. They have allied with the political left in order to blitz the populace with chaos, keeping the people distracted and off balance while the powers that be wrapped their tentacles around every last vestige of private liberty. Our great hope is for the citizenry to adapt a hostile posture and refuse to compromise another inch. We have to start calling the political left out for what they are, what they really are. The striking hand of the globalist cabal. There could be no give and take when it comes out to our core principles. Comes to our core principles, excuse me. No more tolerance of destruction. No more slack given to sab saboteurs. If a subversive group is trying to tear down the moral fabric that makes the West functional and free, if they desire to eradicate the heritage that our founders fought to establish, then we must do as the founders did and remove the threat. Yes, it does make sense what Mr. Smith has written. Here's the thing, folks. Many of these individuals in these particular Welling Snowflake movements have the mindset of criminals. They love violence. Many of them. That's the only thing they could comprehend. It is a shame to say that. But it's the damn truth. And if we have to use that force against them, when it's, if necessary, so be it. Because the fact is this. The police are not obligated to protect us as individuals. You have many people out there in government don't give a damn. And like I said before, they sold their souls 
to the one world order. It's the battle of the political left. The radicals versus the conservative left. The Laconian left. Laconian Republican Party. Many of them are considered leftists, but because they, they deny it, but the fact is, we study the history. The person they idolized, Abraham Lincoln, was the cent- great centralizer. And this is more on steroids. This is what the order wants, not just in these United States, but worldwide. Control us like little maggots. The slaves versus slaves. We can counter that. Decentralization is the key, folks. We don't need them without them. Without us, excuse me. They're nothing. Well, that's how I look at this. It can be overcome, and things are happening. I was informed, too, by an interview by one of the precious metals deals, saying that even folks in the millennial generation or generation z whatever you call it are actually buying purchasing gold but that's good they see the man see the rands in the wall too not all of them are idiots they think about my generation we're not a bunch of perfected icons either we have our clowns in the crew too well like i said before folks action speaks loud in words Prepare yourselves, spread the truth, and to hell with these psychic vampires. Even Anton LaVey, the founder of the Church of Satan, will approve this message. <laughs> and, um, you know, be very honest, because I've read his work. He talked about psychic vampires and responsibility for responsible. And psychic vampires aren't in that category. Well, that's enough of my intake on this. I'll give you one more segment. So stay tuned. All right, I'm back. Time to do one more here. Keep it dailyreckoning.com. This is entitled Wake Up. Written by Jeffrey Tucker. Came out a couple days ago as well. As it reads, in the last three and a half years have been times of enormous upheaval. It has affected politics, economics, culture, media, and technology. It's not just about the spending of economic, cultural, and demographic decay. Millions and billions of lives have been wrecked, to be sure. But there's also a big impact on the way we see the world around us. While we once trusted and we now doubt, and even disbelief as a matter of a new habit, The simple categories of understanding that we once deployed to make sense of the world have been tested, challenged, and even overthrown. One forms of ideological commitments have opened their way to new. This particularly pertains to intellectuals or should in any case. If you have not shifted your thinking in some respect over these years, you're either a prophet, asleep, or in denial. The way social media works today influences are reluctant to admit it lest risk their followings built out of a prior cultural landscape. This is really too bad. 
There is nothing wrong with changing, adapting, migrating, and calling out truth, even if that contradicts what you once said or how you used to believe. There is no need to change your principles or ideas. What should change in light of evidence is your evaluation of the problems and threats, your outlook on the relative priorities of focus, your perception of the functionality of institutional structures, your awareness of issues and concerns about which you had limited prior knowledge, your political and cultural allegiance, and so on. These days, this intellectual migration seems mainly to affect affected the left nearly daily. I find myself having the same conversation with people in person, on the phone or online. It is from an Obama voter and someone with traditionally liberal allegiances. The COVID era utterly shocked them and what they discovered about their own tribe. They aren't liberal at all. They support universal quarantine, forced face coverings, and then mandatory jabs pushed by tax-funded corporate monopoly, concerns about human rights, civil liberties, and the common good suddenly evaporated. Then, of course, they turned to the most blunt instrument of all, censorship. The trauma felt by principled people who imagine themselves to be on the left is palpable. But the same is true of people on the right who are aghast to observe that it was Trump and his administration that green-lighted lockdowns, spent many trillions forcing COVID compliances and then threw public monies to Big Pharma, at Big Pharma to run a shot by bypassing all standards of necessity, safety, and effectiveness. The promise to make America great again ended in wreckage coast to coast. For Trump partisans, this realization that it all happened under their hero is hard to take. A triangulating rope a dope. Even more strangely, it was never... It was never Trumpers on the right who most strongly supported lockdowns, masking, and shot mandates. The libertarians are another, are another story entirely, one that nearly surpasses understanding. Among the highest echelons of this faction in academia and think tanks, the silence from the start and even years later was truly deafening. Instead of standing up for totalitarianism as a whole of the intellectual t- tradition, had prepared them to do. They deployed their clever heuristics to justify outrages against core freedoms, even the freedom to associate. So yes, observing one's own tribe collapse into craven careerism and coercion is disorientating. Disorienting. Yeah, disorienting. Excuse me. But the problem goes even deeper. The most striking alliance of our time has been to observe the lockstep of the elites in government, media, tech, and academia. The reality blows apart the traditional binary of public versus private that has dominated ideological discussion for centuries. This binary is nicely represented by the sculpture in front of the Federal Trade Commission. See, I will put that out there. Don't don't worry, folks. It shows a man holding back a horse. It's man versus beast. Completely, completely different species 
and totally different interests. One demand to move forward and the other holding it back. The point of the sculpture is to celebrate the role of government, man, in controlling trade industry. The contrary position would condemn government for controlling industry. But what if the sculpture is pure fantasy, even at its very structure? In reality, the horse is either carrying the man or pulling a cart that carries the man. Are they cooperating together in a partnership that is allied against consumers, stockholders, small businesses, working classes, and people more generally? That realization, the very essence of what was revealed to us in the course of the COVID comp response utterly shatters core presumptions behind the dominant ideologies of our time and going far back in time. That realization requires a recalibration from honest thinkers. I had to reevaluate my own cherished beliefs about markets and politics, which was painful in many ways, but it was necessary. Below, I'll take you on that journey and show you we must adjust our thinking to adapt to new realities. Read on. And I will read this for you, folks. The scales fell from my eyes. Written by the same man, Jeffrey Tucker. I was going through an archive of writings from the 2010s in search of some insight or possibly something to reprint. I found many hundreds of articles. None of them jumped out at me as necessarily wrong, but I found myself rather bored with their superficiality. Yes, they're entertaining and fascinating in their way, but what precisely did they reveal? There is no consumer product unworthy of rhapsodic, rhapsodic celebration, no pop tune or movie that didn't, that didn't reinforce my biases, no new technology or company unserving of my highest praise. No trend in the land that was contrary to my conception of progress of all around us. It's exceedingly difficult to recreate an older state of mind, but let me try. I saw myself as a composer of Heinz to material progress all around us. A cheerleader of the glories of all market forces. I live with this public-private binary. All that was good in the world came from the private sector and all that was evil came from the public sector. That easily became for me a simplistic good versus evil conception of the great struggle and also blinded me to the ways that these two ideal types play together in real life. Armed with this ideological weaponry, I was ready to take on the world. And so big tech came for, for massive celebration from me, even to the point that I completely ignored warnings of captured and surveillance. I had a model in mind migration in the r- digital realm while emancipatory, while attachment to the physical world was mirrored in stagnation and nothing could shake me from it. I had also implicitly, implicitly, Adopted an end of history style tri- uh, triumphalist thinking that befits that generation that someone saw some saw, saw freedom win the great Cold War struggle, and so the final victory of liberty was also was always at hand, 
at least in my fevered imagination. This is why the lockdowns came as a shock to me. It flew me in the face on the linear structure of historical narratives that I had constructed for myself in order to make sense of the world. This is why the best comparison of the COVID years might be to the Great War, the global calamity that was simply not supposed to happen based on the wild optimism cultivated during the Gilead and Victorian epochs, epochs of decades later. The very foundations of peace and progress had, gradu- had gradually eroded and prepared the way for, for terrible war, but that generation of observers did not see it happening simply because they're not looking for it. To be sure, and uniquely so far as I can tell, I have been writing about the pers- prospect of pandemic lockdowns for the previous 15 years. I had I, re- I read their research, knew of their plans, and followed their germ games. I drummed up awareness and called for hard limits on what the state could do during the pandemic. At the same time, I had become accustomed to be to treating the ag- academic and intellectual world as something external to the social order. In other words, I never once believed that these cockam Kakami ideas would ever leak into our own lived realities. Like so many others, I had come to regard intellectual discussion and debates as a challenging and most enjoyable parlor game that had little impact on the world. I knew for sure that there were crazy people extant who dreamed of universal human separation and the conquering of the microbiome planet by force, but have presumed that the structure of the society and the trajectory of history embedded too much intelligence to actually implement such delusions. The foundation of civilization were too strong to be eroded by gibberish, or so I had believed. Well, I had, what I had overlooked were several factors. First, I didn't understand the extent of the rise, independence, and power of the administrative state and the possibility of controlling its authority through elective representatives. I simply did not anticipate the fullness of its reach. Second, I had, no, I had not understood the extent to which private industry had developed a full working relationship with the structures of power in its own industrial interests. Third, I had overlooked the way of cons- way of consolidation and cooperation had developed between pharmaceutical companies, public health, digital enterprises, and media organs. Fourth, I had failed to appreciate the tendency of the public mind to drop knowledge accumulated from the past wisdom. For example, who would have believed that the people would forget what they n- once knew even from thousands of years of experience about exposure and natural immunity. Fifth, I did not anticipate the extent to which high-end professionals would give up all principles and curry favor with the new policy parties of the government, media, tech, industry, hegemon, who knew that nothing about the main themes of patriotic songs and movies would have struck when it was most mattered. Sixth, This is perhaps my greatest intellectual failing. 
I had not seen how rigid class structures would feed conflicting interests between the professional class of laptop workers and the working class who still need the physical world to accomplish their goals. On March 16, 2020, the laptop class conspired in a forced digitalization of the world in the name of pathogenic control. And this came at the expense of some two-thirds of the population who depended on physical interactions for their livelihood and psychological well-being. This aspect of class conflict, which I had always chalked up to be a Marxian, Marxian delusion, became the defining feature of the whole of our political lives instead. The lack of empathy from the professional class was evident everywhere from academic opinion to media reporting. It was a society of serfs and lords. For those who are researchers, writers, academics, or just curious people who want to understand the world better, even improve it, to have one's intellectual operating system so profoundly distributed is an occasion and profound disorientation. It is also a time to embrace the adventure, recalibrate, and set about correcting and finding a new path. When your new ideological system and political allegiances fail to provide explanatory power we are seeking, it's the time to approve them or give them up entirely. Not everyone is up to the task. Indeed, there is a major reason why so many want to forget about the past three and a half years. They would rather close their eyes to the new realities and default back to their intellectual comfort zones. For any writer, thinker of integrity, this should not be an option. As painful as it might be, it is best just to admit where where we went wrong and set out to discover a better path. This is why so many of us have adopted a paradigm called the COVID test. Few pass, most fail. They fail in shockingly public and inexcusable ways, left, right, and libertarian. The influencers who flopped so badly in these years and have yet to own up it up uh, excuse me have yet to own up to it deserve neither attention nor respect. Their attempt to pretend they were never wrong and then move on as if nothing much as has happened is embarrassing and disreputable. But those who come to terms with the wreckage all of all us around and seek to understand its cause the way the forward deserves a listen and appreciation. For it's these people who are doing their best to save the world from another round of disaster. As for the rest of us, taking up airspace and should in a just world by tutoring the children with learning losses and delivering meals to the vaccine injured. What can I say about that? One thing Mr. Tucker says, he made his errors, he's been swindled. We've all been there, my friends, one way or the other. If you don't learn from them, we're damned to repeat it. Even an individual like myself was very skeptic on the whole COVID thing. Fear got into a lot of people. But I never took the words from the official narrative. Always said, how accurate is it? 
and who's at, and who's benefiting. We've seen what happened with the so-called essential businesses. Separate the non-essential. Yeah, medical apartheid, right? On the businesses and employees who are jabbed or are not jabbed, they separate them. They only want to bring them to the job. Many of them bellied up. Doesn't matter if it's small businesses, big, big corporations, labor organizations. That's right. Even the unions were doing that. Except for, I will, I will give props to the postal workers for saying it's a choice for each individual. Many people in the unions, too, UFCW and all that, they said the same thing. It should be a choice. They pull, people support it. Medical apartheid, which I despise it with a passion. I don't see those posing musicians that want to say that I don't want to play Sun City, but this, but in this realm, I'm going to play Sun City. Medical apartheid is the way to go. Moo, ba, ba, moo, moo, ba, ba, moo, moo, ba, ba. Yeah, I'm a hypocrite. You know, I, I just I keep going on and on, but um. And even though, too, is that every infection has an Achilles heel. We got plenty of natural remedies from the from our planet can beat these things. And of course, with the CDC reports, they actually the flu 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 deaths minimal, and they use it as COVID. So the whole COVID nineteen, COVID coronavirus, the fear mongering got people. Bellying up. I don't know. Say this. Even I wore one of those face covers. I don't. N95 mask. I to me they're, they're a sham. And I always go into places and ask them, "How's the field practicing Sharia law like?" Just to give them that spiritual inspiration. Yeah, it's okay to role play, folks. It mean, oh yeah, I support the mask. Wash my hands. Wear my mask. Be six feet apart. Kneel the garbage I want. I won't get COVID if I follow those first three steps. <laughs> it's always been a deception. So, um, and of course, it violates people's rights, natural rights. Businesses got shut down. None of these people don't want to don't want to don't want to give them intimate domain. Compensate them. I called out some of the I called out commissioners in my in my in my area too on it. They didn't like me, but I didn't give a damn. It's supposed to be another lockdown supposed to be happening too, folks. Biden administration made that announcement. Give them the big middle finger. Every state and county say, we don't support people representing the demon center or demented cocksuckers. I know I'm trying to use profanity, but rooster suckers, yeah. <laughs> but the whole thing is this, folks. Give them the middle finger. Any commandeering does work. Be vigilant on your health. There's people, oh, I got to take this jab. And they're the ones that are like abusing themselves. Boozing like fish. Smoking like human chimneys. And maybe fornicating anything that moves. So, hey, I'm not fond of it. And uh, one thing we always got to look at this. Better ourselves. Plain and simple. We all had lives. Gotta go through obstacles, but always make it better for you 
and share it with your family, your friends, and all that. Well, that's my intake on Wake Up, and I like it. And that will be it. I thank everyone for listening. Plus, feel free to download and share this throughout your social media networks. If you have any questions, comments, we said something that's interesting to check out, whatever you do, please send your correspondence to McCorm. Furthermore, I'll leave the footnotes of the stuff I addressed here on this episode. If you want to contact me, go to luckyluck03 at protimemail.com. If you want to donate, go to paypal.me or cash.app forward slash luckyluck3. If you support the, these organizations and Brandon Smith and Daily Reckoning, of course, JPFO and all that, do support them. That'd be awesome. Hey, we want to put the truth out the best we can. You can make your own judgment without being hypnotized. All right. Once again, thank you for your time. Plus, always remember that the demoniac resistance is healthy for the soul and can liberate humanity. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Keep on spreading the love. And may your guardian spirits be with you.